we've talked a lot about this in between media this season. There's going to be curveballs coming your way. Hate's a strong word. I dislike Kirk Cousins more than probably any other quarterback in the league. I get a little bit of that rookie-itis, you know? I would have said, I would love some of what you're Even though I straight, I'm still stuck between an interpretation, what it all means. Can I make a difference for something different? My mind in prison, then I saw the vision. Played the field, it's no competition. Found success through the repetition. If it's impossible, stick to the mission. I'm just cruising through on my way to get it. I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. know what it is it's tuesday september 15th this is the in between fantasy football podcast the place where your troubles can disappear for the next 45 minutes to an hour as we fill your minds with fantasy football goodness i'm seth woolcock i'm going to be your host for the evening as always joined by me is nate polvote nate your lovely wife jen is joining us as well you guys are down in the beautiful country of mexico what's going on polvotes Thank you for joining us on your vacation. Of course, man. Uh, it was a long day of travel to get here. Been up since about, well, Jen's been up since like 4.30. I've been awake since about 5. We're an hour ahead. We're on central time. So the time navigation is a little bit easier with the East Coast stuff. Uh, and we're stoked to be here, even though we're exhausted. We wouldn't miss it for the world, man. Yeah, a little, little jet lag, but we're here. So if I mess something up, you'll know why. <laughs> I'm running on no fuel right now, and we haven't even eaten. We have not eaten yet today. That's that's how it goes when you're traveling, guys, and it's the fancy football season. A lot coming at you at once. Guys, I'm going to fill you up. I have no food for you, but I do have some food of thought with some fancy football analysts coming your guys' way. Tonight on the show, we're going to break everything down from week one. A uh, little temperature check coming your guys' way. We're going to take the pulse of the league see who we're in and out on moving forward here. We're also going to get you ready for waivers tonight within the scope. Guys who you can get for really cheap, uh, maybe no fab at all uh, heading into tomorrow when waivers run. And then we're also going to get you going some short things, sleepers of the week. Since the poll votes are down in Mexico, I thought it was only fit. Guys, what do you say? We have so much to get to. I'm pumped to get into it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it, man. Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy Oh, man, I couldn't love that drop more. That was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, Nate Miller did an awesome job on that for us. Might be a little heavy on the headphones, but, guys, uh, the fantasy football action this week, it it really began early this week in week one. Tampa Bay and the Cowboys, what a delightful Thursday night treat that was for us. And – as some of us predicted at in between media, it looks like Amari Cooper and CD Lamb. They might be two receivers who actually have a shot in here to finish as wide receiver ones. Amari Cooper goes out week or wide receiver one on week one form, 38.9 fantasy points for Amari Cooper. And then CD Lamb, guys, wide receiver 13, 23.4 PPR points. Dak looked amazing. Jen, on our temperature scale of rare. Medium, well, where are you here on Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb? Oh, man, I'm going well done on these guys. I love this. Um, With Michael Gallup on IR until at least October, it's got to be well done. The chemistry between Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb and Dak and Cooper is absolutely undeniable. This offense is going to be potent, and Lamb and Cooper will be a huge part of this. Yeah, I agree. I think that with Gallup out – that just, I mean, it just gives them more targets. And we didn't really see the usage of Schultz or Jarwin that we yes. thought we might see. Right. They're clearly going to go heavy wide receiver usage in this offense. So, Yeah, yeah. Cedric Wilson's a name to keep in mind as we're moving forward here. If you need a, a fill-in these next couple weeks at the receiver position, 
And I, I think Dalton Schultz, he's a guy I had rostered in a lot of places in some deeper tight end premium leagues. I'd maybe throw, throw a little bit of fab out for him as well if he's out there in your leagues. But yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I was a little too low on both these guys in my rankings. Like I just didn't think Dak was going to come out and look that good. I, I was a little concerned with the, with the shoulder injury in the preseason, but I mean, everything looked pretty peachy for him on Thursday night. So I'm excited to see what he can do coming up. Guys, another pair of wide receivers that a lot of people thought would be fantasy relevant this year. Not the same result as as our Cowboy friends there. But guys, Debo Samuel comes out wide receiver three on the week. 32.4 fantasy points for Debo Samuel after a really injury-riddled 2020 season. So it's awesome to see that. Um, But guys, you know, on the same side of the ball, his brother from another mother there, Brandon Ayuk, goes out and drops a donut. A donut didn't see the field for a lot of the game to Trent Sherfield. Nate, where are you at on our scale here on both Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk after that? Like just mere opposite of each other week once. So I'm medium because Kyle Shanahan seems to be kind of an enigma. Like we were also high on Trey Sermon. And now he's saying he was only the fourth best, fourth best running back on that team. Yeah, yeah. Really, and, and we're seeing a mix of Garoppolo and Lance in that offense. I don't know what he's going to do. It's hard to read. I'm not going to say rare because I think there's a chance that both these guys still go off all season. I'm a little worried just because Shanahan, we don't know what he's going to do. And he's not talking. He's just going out there every week and he's going to do what he's going to do. He's not going to talk a lot about it. The, Q, the quarterback situation has been a mystery. We just don't know. Um, I, I don't see a reason to try and move either one of these guys right now. Like no, no. trying to sell Debo high. If, if you can, yeah. Maybe. Um, I wouldn't sell Ayuk though. I, no, honestly, you got to hold. There's still play. It's only week one. And of course we're going to overreact because it's the first game of the season. And we've been talking about this for six months and we're just excited to talk football. And we're going to overreact. This is a situation where I don't think we should overreact. We don't know. Shanahan is like he's a wild card. He's like Andy. He's a Andy Kaufman wild card. We don't know, and he likes it that way, and that's how he likes to run his team. So, uh. yeah, it's definitely going to be a wild card for the Niners moving forward. We saw Trey Lance take some snaps, even got into the end zone um, on his first pass. So that was awesome to see. But, but guys, like it, it's an interesting schedule moving forward. I could see it go one of two ways for the Niners. They they barely escaped the clutches of the Lions in that amazing almost comeback from Detroit. But they have Philly moving forward, which should be a favorable matchup. But, but I mean, I, I don't know. Atlanta struggled a little bit with Philly. Green Bay is coming up, so I probably wouldn't want to start either one of those guys um, op- opposite of, of their great corners in Green Bay. Seattle, they're going to Seattle next. And Arizona, two defenses who – on the surface, looked very beatable, but I mean Chandler Jones for Arizona five sacks last week. So, yeah, I mean that, it, that, that was a forty-point drop in IDP leagues from Chandler yeah, Jones, I, man. I I think right now I, I'm probably rolling. Jen, would you agree? Like these guys are like mid-tier wide receiver threes for me, probably. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, so, some more wide receiver duos to talk about here. Um, let's just talk about Jamar Chase. And the Cincinnati Bengals, T. Higgins and the boys go out. Joe Burrow looked pretty impressive in his first game back off the ACL. Got the surprise victory against the Minnesota Vikings. That was really fun to see. And Jamar Chase, wide receiver 14 on the week. Um, Guys, this is just an example of why sometimes we can't buy too much into preseason hype. We saw it last year with a lot of people moving Justin Jefferson down their boards last year when he was the third wide receiver in camp behind Ola B.C. Johnson. And we saw Jamar Chase struggle with the drops. He came in here. He delivered huge. Wide receiver 14, 5 for 10 and 1, or 5 for 101 and 1 touchdown, guys. It, it was really an impressive performance. I don't know if you guys saw that clip on Twitter that LSU actually posted, but it was a cut back of that, that, deep, that deep ball from Burrow to Chase, and, and they stitched it together with their college throws. And it was just awesome to see. Guys, I'm medium well here on, on all the Bengals wide receivers moving forward. Um, we saw what we need to see from Joe Burrow. Obviously Higgins w- was solid as well. I-, I think Higgins and Chase, I had them ranked uh, Chase, Higgins, and Boyd coming into the season. Right now, I think that's right where they're going to be. But I do think Higgins will probably be the more consistent of the three. 
while I think Chase is going to give you the, the biggest upside. Well, I think that Chase showed with Burrow in college <clears throat> that the, that long ball is going to be a thing. They can stretch the field yeah. together. T. Higgins is that reliable veteran, along with Tyler Boyd as well, that he can Burrow can lean on in a tough situation. But Chase is kind of looking like he might be that guy. I mean, we overreacted to hit some people. I didn't. You didn't. Jen didn't. Um, but people were overreacting to how he looked in preseason, forgetting the dude didn't play in 2020. Right. And now he's stepping into the NFL game, which is a lot faster paced. There's going to be a learning curve, but it kind of looks like he got that worked out in preseason. I'm with you, man. Jen, are, are you firing up Jamar Chase this week? He's going against the Bears, the Red Rifle revenge game narratives going out there already. Um, are, are you firing up Jamar Chase and any of these other, other Bengal wideouts? Yeah, definitely Jamar Chase. I mean, he looked so good on Sunday. Like, it was awesome to watch that game and see them back together and um, to see that chemistry and their connection. So, absolutely, absolutely leading him in. Awesome. Awesome. Moving forward here to someone who, who's moving down ranks a little bit right now, and that's Terry McLaurin. Jen, you're all in selection for the year. Ryan Fitzpatrick already lost to a, a, a pretty bad injury. We don't know the full scope of it, how long he will be out yet, but it looks like it's going to be Taylor Heineke. Nate, you touched on Heineke earlier today in a column. Um, where are you guys right now, Jen? Where, where are you at on Terry McLaurin, obviously four for 62 in his first outing, 10.2 fantasy points. Not what you were looking for out of a guy you drafted third, fourth round, and now the backup quarterback's in as well. Man, I'm bummed. I, I've, I've got to go rare on this one. Like, Heineke just isn't Fitz magic or Fitz tragic. He's, he's neither. He's he's just not Fitzpatrick, clearly. Um, right. There are a lot of other options for Heineke, and, and I feel like McLaurin will be left out in cold, honestly. I'm kind of with Jen here uh, simply because you're looking for comfort level stuff for Heineke. You're not trying yeah. to do anything crazy. So guys like JD McKissick are going to get Morgan Thomas. They're going to lean on Antonio Gibson, at least for the first like two to three weeks Heineke's in. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens with Fitzpatrick. If he ends up being out the entire season, this offense gets, I feel like gets a lot more vanilla than it would have been with Fitzpatrick. Oh, yeah. And that yeah. hurts McLaurin a That's ton hard, because dude. he's a big, he's a big play guy. Mm-hmm. And Heineke's not going to be a big play quarterback unless unless there's a chance that if it turns into Fitzpatrick is done for the year, then they know they have to ride with Heineke. They might adapt the offense a little bit and try and get him more spread out, get get a little bit more risky with him. But I don't – I am I mean, I'm low on McLaurin right now with this news. It's, it's just so not sad. Good. I it's know. It's so sad, man. Like, I had the entire Washington football team as, like – these are my guys. This is my team yeah. this year. Fitzpatrick is my is my number one guy, like you said, Seth. Like my all in, and now well, and now we're down Curtis Samuel too. Yeah, we're down That's Curtis Samuel. Like, uh, yeah. That's what I was about to say. Curtis Samuel, guys, he's been struggling with an injury all throughout camp since mini camp, really this season. And it's bum to see he's been on the short short term IR now, so we're not going to see him for a little bit at least. Um, rookie Diami Brown, he's going to step up. Um, they've cut and traded a couple of their veteran receivers here. Um, I, I believe they got rid of uh, Gandy Golding, was it possibly? Yeah. yeah they and did. then and they also got rid of Stephen Sims. So you know, Washington right now they're, they're losing some people to injury, but I think right now Antonio Gibson, he's maybe getting a little book boost. Look at JD McKissick, Logan Thomas proved to be valuable once again. Those are probably the guys I'm more looking for with Taylor Heineke here. Um, just sucks to see, you know, such a talented team already, already hit by some injuries, but we'll see what we can do moving forward here, guys. Um, Nate, another wide receiver, very dear to your heart. Cortland Sutton comes out a a pretty big dud off his own ACL injury, 2.4 fantasy points for Cortland Sutton. Obviously Jerry Judy was having a great, you know, breakout performance, something we, we didn't see all last year. And it was amazing to see goes down with, uh, luckily, a high ankle sprain and not just a, a fracture. It looked really bad. Nate, where are you right now on Cortland Sutton on our scale? I'm going to say medium. Um, I believe that he can have a big season. I'm concerned about he looks scared. He looks scared that he's going to re-injure that knee, that he's going to tear his ACL again. And I get it. 
I tore my ACL once upon a time. It's not a fun injury. Oh. It's scary because your knee's not stable. I was young, so I was just kind of like, F it. I'm going to do whatever I want and devil may care attitude. But when you're playing a professional sport, it's different, especially a fast-paced, hard-hitting sport like football. And you're playing a position where you're relying on your ability to cut quickly and to have that explosiveness off the line. But I think that by week five, week six, he's going to have some of that settled. I'm thinking, and I'm okay with keeping him. My expectations are kind of metered, especially with Teddy Bridgewater. But now with Judy gone, I mean, uh, it's a Denver's a hard situation to really gauge. It, it, it really is, Nate. I mean, we saw Tim Patrick uh, once again. Yes. Just, first of all, we got to stop. Like, whatever Tim Patrick slanders going around the internet today is, like, absurd. Like, all this guy yes. does is produce, and, like, all of a sudden, KJ Hamler's that much better than him. Like, while he dropped that huge touchdown, like, Jenna, Jen, you look a little fired up there, too. Like, Tim Patrick, I think, is a guy – I don't think we were talking about him later in the show, but maybe we should be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole, like Nate said, the entire Denver offense is being poo-pooed on right now. And it's, it's not, it's not right. I haven't seen the specifics on Tim Patrick because I haven't had internet all day. So <laughs> I don't know exactly what's been said, but like, I'm, I'm high on Noah Fant. I'm high on KJ Hamler. I'm high on Cortland Sutton. As soon as Jerry Judy comes back, I'm gonna still be high on him. So yeah. all of those guys. I mean, but what what have people been saying about him? Just that, that Tim Patrick doesn't deserve to be on a fantasy roster right now, and that like they rather have an empty bench spot. Things like that, dude. That's, that's horse. crazy. That's horse yeah. crap. I mean, yeah, crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I just wanted to clear the air out there. We are Tim Tim Patrick supporters. I think yeah. we've talked about him a couple times on, on the show the last couple of years. But yeah, yeah I, I think right now, though, with Cortland Sun, I'm probably waiting and seeing. I'm probably stashing him on the bench. Like Nate said, probably waiting until a couple of weeks, see how the chemistry develops with Bridgewater, the new quarterback in town. But I mean, I'm not going out and trading Cortland Sun if, if that's a question out there. Are people no, saying anything not. about Bridgewater today? I haven't seen. I haven't seen too much. Okay. No, it, okay. it's just really been the whole Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler debate quite a bit. So, guys, a, another receiver who's gotten just crapped on the last couple of years out there. You know, w- was said to be you know droppable at one point last year. Is Mike Evans comes out five point four points here in the season opener. Guys, I'll be honest. I, I was a little lower on Mike Evans than consensus this year. I loved him last year. I loved the touchdown upside. We know that's still there. Obviously, though, it was kind of a disappointing night if you were a Mike Evans fantasy manager. We saw Gronk almost go for 30 points. We saw Chris Godwin go up over 25. AB was a stud. Um, you know, even Leonard Fournette was serviceable. So it was really disappointing to see Mike Evans with 5.4 points. I, I think I'm about a medium rare. So, you know, I, I, I'm not too hot on him. I, I mean, I'm still playing him if, if I have him. Um, but, you know, I think he's going to be closer to wide receiver two this year than wide receiver one. Obviously, the touchdowns are going to be there. It looks like Brady knows how to still find the end zone better than ever. And it was still six targets for Mike Evans. So it wasn't like it was nothing. But, I mean, we'll see what happens with, with Chris Godwin and AB. I still think they're the more probably targeted players at the end of the season. But Mike Evans has proved to be healthier more than that they have in his career. So I, I think there's a chance maybe we see AB or one of these guys in a couple weeks miss a game or two. Well, I think more than likely it's going to be AB. Just, I'm just throwing it out there, given history. But so Tampa Bay's an interesting case because they have exactly the same offense they had last season when they won the Super Bowl, and it's a loaded. I mean, you're talking about Ronald Jones. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Leonard, you got Leonard Fournette. You got OJ Howard and Gronk at tight end. Don't forget about OJ Howard. Cameron Bray too. Cameron Bray, Connor Bray. Cameron. Cameron Bray. I don't know why I always want to call him Connor Bray. It's like I, I, I like to call not Todd, even, I like to say Todd Kelsey. Yes. I don't know why. <laughs> You're bad with tight end names, Nate. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I, I don't like tight ends. Um, so the wide receiver core, though, like is there a more loaded wide receiver core in the NFL right now? I don't think no. there is. No, I mean, we haven't even talked about Tyler Johnson, who's a stud yes. on the bench, and Scotty Miller, who's a serviceable wide receiver as well. No, you're five deep in quality wide receivers that would be starting on any team in the NFL. 
I think it's what's tough about this is that, like I was happy with Godwin's production week one because mm-hmm. I had him a bunch of places. I have zero. I have zero Mike Evans because I've had questions about how this offense was going to operate, and I felt like Godwin was going to come into this season being the main target. And while that proved true in week one, week two could be a total. We could see Mike Evans get thirteen targets and have two touchdowns in one hundred and forty yards. Yeah, we I don't know. Tricky with him. I mean, I feel like Brady's going to target him more next week just because he didn't this week. But I, I mean, as a Mike Evans person, I was very disappointed. <laughs> I mean, I I think I only have two shares of him, but I had like. Five, I think, of Gronk, which I took way, way, way late because I'm like, God, he's so old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like six years anymore. younger than us. <laughs> yeah. And he was the reason why I got beat in our home league this week. And I was like, dang mm. it. I didn't pick him up in our home league. And I'm bummed about that. But I don't think Gronk's going to, he can't keep this up. He just no. But he, or he could if it's every other week. And that's what I think is interesting is that Brady's going to be like, okay, last week I hit Godwin and AB. Nobody's looking for Mike Evans, and I'm just going to pepper Mike Evans this week. Yeah. Yeah. Brady's playing check, chess, and we're all playing checkers. Yeah. It, what it, it comes it, down to. It's tough to keep up as a fantasy manager for sure. I mean, Mike Evans, he's still going to be a wide receiver too for us moving forward, but definitely on the lower end, there's going to be some volatility with all of these. Tampa Bay wide receivers because there's so much. So just be aware of that. I think we were, are we all consensus though, that Chris Godwin probably is the number one moving forward here that you want in fantasy at least. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, guys want to move into some running back discussion here. How about the Detroit lions, man? Our, our friend of the show, Chris Robin was probably happy up there in Northern Michigan guys uh, running back three on the week, not Deandre Swift, Jamal Effin Williams, man, and his line debut comes out, has a great performance. RB4, though, for DeAndre Swift as well, gets going late in the game. Yeah. Guys, where, where are we here on, on the, the Detroit Lions running back? Jen, going to you, man. Um, it, I mean, I feel like most people out there would say it's got to be a well done from you, right? So well done. I mean, this is what the Detroit offense is going to look like all season. Goff leans hard on his running backs, thinks early. He, he, and he leaned hard on the William Swift combo. Campbell will use both, he'll use extensively to keep Goff comfy and producing. So, I mean, I just feel like you've got, you've got to go on this one, which is so crazy because this is opposite of how I was feeling last week. I mean, I was so low on Swift. I was high on him last season, and then coming into this season, I was just like, yeah. it's not going to be good. But, boy, was I wrong. Yeah. Well, I think I think a lot of us got kind of bit, myself included, by coach speak from Campbell. Sure. And they were talking about how much they love Jamal Williams and Jamal Williams this and Jamal Williams that and DeAndre Swift. Like, we're taking it day by day. Jared Goff, like Jen said, is better with a top-tier running back. Give him two of them. And we saw what Jared Goff could do because he put up 30 plus fantasy points. I was stunned when I looked at one of my lineups and was like, oh my God, Jared Goff actually like won this matchup for me. I mean, what world am I living? But when you give the guy the pieces like a Todd Gurley, where that run game gives him the availability to actually have a, a clean pocket because the other team has to respect the run. And then he can target those wide receivers on some of the short routes, which we saw him do all day with Williams and with Swift. And, you know, I, I, I think it's funny here with the Lions because obviously their offensive line looked a little better than we thought. Panay Sue will play great until the end of the game. Really, I think this is a little bit of a fluky game. I, I'm not going to overreact too much because, like, if you watch the end of that game, man, like, they just kept getting the ball back on the onside kick and fumbles, and, like, they almost came back from, I think, 21 points down. Yeah. So, I mean – I definitely think they're both playable running backs. Were we all too low on Swift coming into the season? Probably. Obviously, the the hamstring injury in camp was was a little uh, groin injury. Excuse me, was a little concerning as well. So I think that pushed his ADP down. But I mean, both these guys right now. I mean, Swift to me, he's a, a high end RB two, low end RB one moving forward. And I think Jamal Williams, like he's a flex play for sure. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, regardless of what happens, and while this week may have been a little bit fluky, 
they're going to continue to lean on Williams and Swift because their receiver core outside of Hawkinson, what do they have? Oh, it was not much. I will say this. I will say this, though. Man, Quintus Cephas is a freaking beast. Like, I did not think he was that, like, that big, man. Like, I've seen his measurables, but – I mean, man just looked like Calvin. Like I know, I don't want to say that, but like man looked like like his stature looked like Megatron at one point. I was like, wow. And that's fair. I mean, Megatron two in Detroit. Who knows? I mean, we're only in year two of Quintez Cephas. Yeah, but but I mean, it's like you said, it's Quintez Cephas. It's it's Amon Ross St. Brown, and it's it's the ghost of Tyro Williams out there. So they're gonna lean on these RBs. We'll talk about my boy Hawk here in a minute. Want to get into some more RB discussion with you guys quickly moving through the show here. Tyson Williams, he was a guy who came out for me, and I had him as, as a start. My start sitting Seth column last week. Um, I loved the matchup. Saw less carries than Latavius Murray, which down the stretch did not make any sense to me in that. First of all, that was a wild, probably the one of the wildest Monday night football games I've seen in a long time. What a pleasure that was to see on Monday night. But uh, Williams came out. He was RB9 on the week with only nine carries. Looked good in the passing game as well. Made a couple flash plays. Um, but, but Murray, man, I mean, Murray came out, got 10 carries for 28 yards. Latavius Murray did not look like he had his feet under him for Baltimore. Nate, where are you on our scale with Tyson Williams, who RB9 on, you know, barely over 10 touches? So I'm going to say medium rare, and here's why. Because this is Baltimore, where Lamar Jackson, while he didn't get used like the running quarterback, rushing quarterback that we've come to know and love, and he threw the ball a ton more on Monday night, that that was a one-week deal. If in three or four weeks we're talking about Lamar Jackson isn't didn't run the ball as much and we're still riding the Tyson Williams train, okay. I'm okay with that. But I need to see more. Because – I just feel like that run game runs through Lamar Jackson ultimately because he's such a mobile quarterback and he's so good at it. Oh, it, it, it does. And I, I need to see more. And I'm not saying that it couldn't be – he couldn't be viable RB2, low-end RB2, high-end RB2, low-end RB1 at some point during the season. I just need to see more. So I'm going to say medium rare. Okay. That's – Jen, are, are you about there? Because – I'm definitely higher. I'm definitely like, if I have Tyson Williams, like I think I probably have to start him moving forward. Jen, where are you at? I mean, I'm excited for him, but also it's been one week. So it's like, I'm kind of right there in the medium. Like, I, this is a wait and see for me. Yeah. Let's, I, Le'Veon Bell will probably be active here in the next game as well, so keep an eye on that. Latavius Murray, though, did not look like he had his feet under him. So I do like Williams moving forward myself. Guys, another crazy running back situation that unfolded Sunday morning. Zach Moss, healthy scratch. Um, Very surprising considering Zach Moss took a lot of uh, reps with the number one this offseason. Devin Singletary, he filled in uh, valiantly, I guess, for Devin Singletary. 72 yards on the day for him. Gets over 10 PPR points once again. Guys, where are you at on Devin Singletary, Zach Moss right now? Because I'm still like medium rare. I, I I mean, it was great to see Devin Singletary produce some fantasy value last week. But at the same time, he didn't look great. Uh, obviously, the Buffalo offense was kind of stalled as a whole last week. Um, but I mean, looking back at Devin Singletary's career, I mean, there's just no upside there. He's had one career game above 20 PPR points, and that was his his uh, rookie season. So I just don't think there's, there's much value to be had in the Buffalo backfield once again in 2021. So, so I'll go, I'll, I'll go a step above you and say medium Um, just because they have to run the ball and it can't always be Josh Allen because Josh Allen is not Lamar Jackson in so many ways. He's mobile and he's a bulldozer. (laughs) Yeah. But Lamar Jackson is like a very um, – uh, why I can't find the word. Lamar Jackson is smooth mm-hmm. when he runs. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen is like, I'm going to knock you the F over, and I'm going to make you sorry that you stepped to me. Yeah. But that's, but that's not sustainable. And a smart coach, which I feel like Sean McDermott is, isn't going to allow that to continue to happen. They're going to have to use Singletary 
and I know Moss was a healthy scratch, but they're going to have to use Zach Moss at some point too. He can't be a scratch every week. Right. However, between those two, I like Singletary more. I think he's a more talented runner. I think he's a better pass catcher. Definitely better pass catcher. But, but I want to see it in practice, not just in theory. Because we can talk about this all day, but until we see it in practice, it's, it's just not the same. So, like, medium. I'll go medium. Because I think there's a good chance that Singletary does go off. But I think it's going to take a few more weeks. Jen, do you want any of these Bills running backs? Nope. <laughs> and I she's mean, gonna tell me I'm an idiot after the show. No, I'm if, not gonna tell you you're an idiot, but because uh, I already know. <laughs> if, I will say this though: I've been looking around online on Twitter, Buffalo Bills beat reporters. I've been scrolling through their feeds on on their pages. I don't know why Zach Moss was a healthy scratch. Like we obviously have heard some rumors that. Trey Sermon either just got beat out or maybe broke curfew. So there's some rumors going around that, not verified. But, I mean, Zach Moss, I have nothing on this. I cannot figure out why he was a healthy scratch yet. We'll see moving forward. But, Nate, final thought on it. Are you willing to play Devin Singletary moving forward? Are you still stashing him? Well, so if I have Devin Singletary, I'm going to have to play him. Okay. Just because those are the situations where I have Devin Singletary. Yeah. If he's not an RB two, he's going to be a flex play for me. Got it. And I'm 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 okay with it. I don't love it. There are guys mm-hmm. I'd rather have, but I reached for other players earlier in my drafts and got stuck with Singletary. Yep. I'm okay with it. I don't love it. It could be worse, man. It could be. I could. <laughs> I mean, I have James Robinson a bunch of places. So yeah. Okay. yeah. Guys, th- there were some other big running backs who had disappointing performances in week one. There's a trio of top 12 guys who all failed to reach six PPR points. It was insane. Aaron Jones uh, in just the absolute collapse of the Green Bay Packers against the New Orleans Saints in week one failed to hit, hit that mark. Zeke on Thursday night, he looked like Dak's personal protector, not much else. And Najee Harris just didn't have his feet under him yet. The Pittsburgh offensive line really looked shaky as well. Guys, I, while this was awful to see, and I have Aaron Jones so many places and Najee a couple too, that it, like, it sucks, but I'm not concerned. I, I think it's just a classic week one, RB1 letdown. Jen, are you concerned at all? No, I completely agree. I mean, I have Aaron Jones everywhere. As soon as I, you know, it was confirmed that Aaron Rodgers was coming back, I was like, yep, okay, all my Aaron Jones shares are going to pay off. This is going to be great. And Zeke, I'm not worried about Zeke either. I mean, I know that there's been a lot of speculation and worry about how he's going to perform. His last year was subpar at best. Um, but with Dak back, we're all very excited about it. But I think he's going to continue his upswing. This might be one of his last seasons. But um, him and Aaron Jones, I'm super stoked for. I, I actually don't have any Zeke shares, which... It's a little weird for me. Really? But, and then same with Najee. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that they're going to – I'm not worried. It's week one. It's week one, y'all. Calm down. Yep. Yep. I mean, Najee Harris is a rookie, and you have to give him a minute to grow. He's a talented rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think that in five, six years, we're talking about Najee Harris as a generational running back who's broken records, probably eclipses 2,000 yards in a season at some point in his career. Um but it was, it was his first NFL game. He's still learning the pace of play. That's going to happen. Aaron Jones I'm not worried about. Aaron Rodgers looks terrible. I mean, they got blown out by New Orleans. What was and it, I think, 33? Yeah, it That's was bad. Insane, man. That's so awful. But Aaron Rodgers has been in a different place all offseason. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to take a minute for him to, like, really acclimate. Football isn't – football's not like – okay, so football isn't baseball. Football isn't basketball. It's far more complicated. It's a far more complicated sport to play. And there's a lot of scheme work and reads that have to happen. And Aaron Rodgers' head just wasn't there because he was spending his offseason contemplating Jeopardy, the Broncos, retirement. <laughs> Who knows what he was thinking about? He was in Hawaii with his 20-year younger wife, Shailene Woodley. The they're guy was just, Yeah, they're engaged. Oh, okay. Fiance. Aaron Rodgers' head was in a different place. Not worried about Aaron Jones in the slightest. The only one I'm worried about is Zeke a little, 
because of last season and because I, Tony and because it. Tony Tony Pollard is so talented. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, and you get a running back who's on the back end of their rookie contract, which is like basically retirement age for running backs these days because nobody's Emmett Smith anymore, except Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore. I could see them moving to using Pollard a little bit more. Maybe it fits the scheme that McCarthy wants to use this season a little bit more. Maybe he doesn't want to pound the rock with Zeke. And if Zeke can pass protect and you've got a quarterback who blew up his ankle last season, you're going to use him there because you want to protect your quarterback. He's the far more expensive asset in that offense. I, I, I think the bottom line here is the last, I, I think it was two or three years, that the Cowboys haven't won a game unless they've scored over 30 points. So like they're going to be, you know, having to light it up and they're going to get in shootouts. It's really to me, whichever one of these guys can catch the ball out of him and Pollard. We'll see what happens in week two. We're not going to overreact here, but I, I do agree with Nate. If there's one of those guys I'm a little concerned with, it is Zeke, but I personally wasn't that high on Zeke to, to begin with. He was more back half, you know, RB 10, RB 12 range, kind of right in with my JTs and my Najes of the world. Yeah. Um, Guys, I, I do want to talk about some tight ends really quickly before we move into week two talk. TJ Mother Effin Hawkinson, guys. <laughs> this is like, I'm not going to take a victory lap because you guys know that's not me. But like, you guys know I've been touting this guy since last March. He's a guy I've really loved all offseason. You know, basically because this is exactly what we expect out of the Lions. They have no wide receivers. Their defense is still atrocious. They just just lost their best cornerback, Jeff Okuda, for the year as well. So it's going to be even worse for the Lions on defense here. TJ Hawkinson, week one, goes out for a tight end two performance. Eight for 10 for 97 and one. Guys, how are you feeling about TJ Hawkinson? Because I'm ecstatic. I think this is, you know, Obviously, there's a lot of debate between him and Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts. And while it's only week one and we cannot overreact, I still think Hawkinson's floor is going to be a lot higher than those other two guys, as we saw last night when you know Mark Andrews himself dropped out five points. That was a bummer about Mark Andrews. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Hawkinson, honestly. I mean, I have him in a couple of places, and he absolutely produced. And I was, I was stoked, man, because I didn't see much coming from him. But, I mean – I, I don't see much coming from the Lions in general. So all of this blowing up in my face this week has really been eye-opening. Um, so Hawkinson, Seth, you sold me on Hawk this offseason. And it's not that I wasn't sold on him, but you, like, really sold me on him. And I agree. And I see he's he's the wide receiver one in that offense. He's going to be the number one target outside of Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift for Jared Goff. He gives Goff a comfort level, and dude, I I'm all over Hawkinson, all over Hawkinson. I wish I had more shares of him, but I don't. Oh, I, that's because I got them all, buddy. You did. You stole all of them. Oh yeah, I, I wish I had Hawk in more places. I mean, because guys, this like he's setting up for a season right now. If you don't have T.J. Hawkinson, it might be too late to get him right now. But if for some reason your T.J. Hawkinson manager in your league is not sold. Go out and try to get him, guys, because seriously, he's someone right now. Like, this is George Kittle 2018 season, Mark Andrews 2019 type of season, Darren Waller type of 2019 season. He's going to lead this team in targets. The only person who might be close is DeAndre Swift, which is crazy to think about. Maybe we see something from St. Brown down the road or Quintus Cephas, but right now, this is TJ Hawkinson's team. He looked like the best player on the field. Um, let's see what happens moving forward, but he's obviously – to me, the clear tight end four, and he's going to keep pushing those 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 other guys. He obviously had a better outing than George Kittle, but we'll see what happens. Guys, in quarterback news, Jameis Winston, five TDs on 148 yards, QB three. Just just insane. Just insane. Like I, I can't believe what we've seen with Jameis Winston over these last couple of years, whether it was in Tampa Bay, whether it's now in New Orleans. Um Guys, did you see this coming out of Jameis Winston? Obviously, it was kind of a crazy game with the Packers. Like we said, they went for it a couple times in their own zone, kind of got a couple of sloppy turnovers. But, I mean, I think I'm going out and trying to grab Jameis Winston on some waivers this week. Yeah, dude, give me all the Jam Jameis. Jameis. Good job. Jameis. Good job. Not Jameis. <laughs> you got me saying Jameis because you said it so much. <laughs> Sorry. So give me all the Jameis Winston. 
and I was high on him coming into the season as long as the only caveat to that was, is he going to get the starting gig over Taysom Hill? Which right. seems like a no-brainer, but wasn't a no-brainer, as we all know now, because we all had questions about what was going to happen there. Now that he's been handed the keys, dude's going to ball out. I, I, We all joked about him getting LASIK. I'm like, oh, he got LASIK. He can clearly see the field better. Like, that's no joke. Because he, well, he didn't make mistakes. He didn't make the mistakes that made him a liability in Tampa and why they moved on from him. Yeah. Against a pretty good pretty good defense in Green Bay, too. So, yes. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm definitely trying to add, like, even if you guys have a, a good quarterback, like a Ryan Tannehill or a Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert maybe, like, I'm not afraid to add Jameis Winston because maybe I can sell my, my QB one. If Jameis continues to do this and I can ride Jameis the rest of the year, get some value out of your QB one, ride Jameis, just some food for thought. Cause I mean, I, I saw a lot of teams in 2019, they were successful with that strategy. Obviously I don't think there's quite the weapons here from new Orleans. So we'll see how, how he can shake it out. Obviously Marcus Callaway was a little bit disappointing here in week one. But, I mean, there's going to be some value going around. It looks like Jameis wants to chuck it once again here in 2021. Yeah, and I think – so here's something to consider. Just a thought I'm going to throw out there. With Jameis looking so good, does that change Michael Thomas wanting to come back to New Orleans? Maybe Michael Thomas is looking at this like, ooh, look at this quarterback I have now. Like, we're looking at like a 1,500-yard season with 100-plus catches – if I can stay on the field all season, does he want, does this make Michael Thomas want to come back to new Orleans more? I, I don't know, but it makes me want to hang on to Michael Thomas more for sure. I, yep. I, I grabbed him in one league when I had a couple of IR slots. Um, I imagine if you do have Michael Thomas on your roster right now, he's probably in an IR slot, but I mean, it definitely makes me want to hold on to him a whole heck of a lot more for sure. Nate, that, that's a really good point. Yeah. Guys, final thoughts here for temperature check. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, we already touched on a little bit. Atrocious week for him. QB 35 behind guys like Taylor Heineke, Marcus Mariota, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, guys who you know aren't starting quarterbacks right now. Are you guys concerned at all with Aaron Rodgers? Because, I mean, maybe I'm lowering him a spot or two in my rankings, but I still think he's a top 12 guy for me this season. I don't think he's going to fall from MVP status to, to nothing. Yeah, I agree. I don't, yeah, rough week one, but also like we said, mentally he maybe necessarily wasn't there all the way and just just didn't show up this week, but he's embarrassed and he's going to come back yep. with the Aaron Rodgers we all know and love. Yeah, I'm not worried. Yeah. It's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, in this day and age, like apparently you can play quarterback until you're 45 in the NFL and be successful. So yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, guys. All right. We do want to move into some week two discussion here. Let's get to some In the Scope. Once again, In the Scope is presented by Underdog Fantasy. Um, super thankful to be working with the guys over at Underdog Fantasy. Uh, Nate, I, I've been playing a lot of Underdog Fantasy. It really got me ready to go. I played some uh, three-man best ball drafts here th- this last week, too. That was a lot of fun. Um, just kind of trying to pick some of my favorite players for the week. What do you what do you have new from Underdog Fantasy that we should be letting our listeners know tonight? So, starting week one last week, if you missed it, we've got the one week contest, which yes. is similar to DraftKings ish, where it's a one week draft, but you're only dealing with twelve team leagues or less, where it's not everybody going after the same players. So it's not thirty people with or three thousand people with uh, Todd Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Um, it's a different, unique way to play. It's a little bit less complicated than trying to do like DraftKings and a little bit more fun. And the drafting platform is amazing. Uh, that's probably my favorite part is the drafting yeah. platform. And it goes so quickly. You can be in and out in 15 to 20 minutes. And it's cheap, like three bucks to start on a contest. Uh, there's no reason not to do it. And Jen knows I love underdog. I'm probably on it a little bit too much. Uh, And they've got player props. You can stack your props for a 20 time, up to 20 times win. Um, That's a really good return on investment if you can play it right. And props are fun. Nice little ROI there for you, Nate. Exactly. Uh, Jen would have used ROI. 
because <laughs> from the business world and like this. Yes. Um, but yeah, if you've never tried it before, drop on in, download it from Play Store or the Apple Store. Use our code IBT. You'll get $10 on a $10 deposit, free money that you can use, no strings attached. It's definitely worth it. It's a great platform, tons of fun stuff. Um, and we'll have some contests throughout the season with in between where you can come and play with some of us. Yeah. And a chance to see if you can beat the analyst, which you can't. Hey, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, uh, I was playing one with my buddy this weekend who was over for a couple games. He actually has never played fantasy football before, and he gave it a shot. He loved Underdog. So, guys, make sure you check out Underdog. Like Nate said, you can use our promo code IBT. Get a free dollar ten match on your first deposit. And let's roll on in to some In The Scope. I have the stars in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the scope. All right, guys. This is one of my absolute favorite segments on the show. I've been doing this segment for going on four seasons now. And last year, we brought you some really good in the scope candidates early in the season. I was really hot on Miles Gaskin after week one, pounded the table for him. It worked out. This year, I, the waivers are definitely a little trickier. I feel like we didn't have as many surprises. Um, last week, though, we did have an in the scope before the season. I touched on Kirk Cousins, who was QB 12 last week. Definitely out there still in some some leagues, but not as much as he was last week. Um, I also touched on Sterling Shepard, who was a wide receiver one last week as well. So keep an eye out out for these guys. These are guys who you're not going to spend a lot of fab on. You're not going to spend a lot of waiver priority on right now. But next week they probably will be or they could be. Um, Nate, do you want to kick us off here with who your in-the-scope candidate is, who a guy that – Again, these aren't – we're probably not spending any fab, but we can go off free agency the next day and pick them up for free probably. So this is going to sound like a total homer pick, and it kind of is because obviously I watch a lot of Broncos football and consume a lot of Broncos content as a Denverite. Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he had a solid 19-point performance last week. And the Giants' defense isn't great, but they're not awful. They're solid. They're They're, they're decent. They're decent. Um He's got, I mean, Sutton, Hamler, Fant, Patrick. We've got Jacksonville and the Jets coming up. Ooh, and he's got, yeah. I mean, those are two. Those are two smash plays. Yeah, they are. And, and Bridgewater was efficient. Like he just didn't make the mistakes that we saw Drew Locke making last season. And in a powerful offense in Denver like that, like he's got Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams out of the backfield. Their offensive line is actually really, really good, finally. They put together a solid offensive line, giving Bridgewater time to do what he needs to do with the ball. Mm -hmm. A luxury he didn't have in Carolina last season because their offensive line was absolute trash. I'm excited about Bridgewater. And, I mean, so he's a guy who is rostered in, like, I think it's like 7% of leagues in ESPN, somewhere in that neighborhood. So you're not going to have to spend a lot on him. And he's a guy that can provide some like serious upside for you, especially these next two weeks. I love it. I love it, man. If, if I'm streaming in quarterback, he's, he's probably someone I, I would maybe consider. And like you said, he's probably not going to cost you anything. So if you need a second quarterback, um, if you're in any of those deeper leagues, keep an eye out for Teddy Bridgewater. I love that, or Nate. If you, or if you accidentally drafted Jimmy Garoppolo as your only quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Jen. Sorry. Jen, who you got for us in the scope tonight? I'm going Van Jefferson this week. Um, he may be touchdown dependent, but we saw Stafford target him on deep routes last week. His average yards per catch was 40. He was targeted I think, three times for two catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he's definitely a solid wide receiver three or flex option for you. He has elite speed, and he's only rostered in 2.1% of ESPN leagues. So, the next four opponents they're playing are Indy, Tampa, Arizona, and Seattle. And he could be a solid play in all of those besides Tampa, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. Spend mm -hmm. less than probably 5% of your fab to acquire him, but he could also be free later in the week. There's, it's, it's, it's a risk, but if you're going to go for him, I'd say no more than 5%. I mean, Jen, I think that's a really solid play because, you know, prior to last season, we saw a great trio with Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. So so maybe Van Jefferson's that, that third piece they've been looking for. Um, 
Dency Alario out of Deshaun Jackson. He was a guy really holding that ADP down for Van Jefferson. So, I mean, yeah, he's probably a guy, like Jen said, maybe 5% of your fab, maybe free. Maybe you're grabbing him free, but, I mean, a lot of upside. We, we, we saw the upside there, you know, the first couple drives for Stafford. That was fun to watch. Yeah. Yep. I love okay. Van Jefferson. I've been high on him. I loved I yeah. kind of him last season in Dynasty. So, yeah, I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Guys, someone I've been high on coming into the season, and I'm going to roll out for my In the Scope candidate. You know, I just talked about him. Two weeks ago, I think, with, with Nate on the show, we had Dale DeMott from Eat Sleep Fantasy on the show. And uh, my he was a short thing sleeper of the week, one of my deep, you know, ended draft guys that no one was drafting. He's still not on a lot of rosters right now, guys. And that's DJ Dallas of the Seattle Seahawks. Nate, I can remember this conversation, man. I was talking with Dale. And he's like, huh, I haven't really thought about DJ Dallas. I was like, dude, Rashad Penny gets hurt every single year. And what did Rashad Penny go out to do in week one? He got, got hurt. hurt. He's not going to play here in week two. Yeah, DJ Dallas, he only saw about three touches here last week. But, you know, he had one rush. He had one rush for five yards. He had one reception for five yards. DJ Dallas is a really solid player. We're going to see how much the Seahawks the, these next couple of years or next couple of weeks want to run Chris Carson. Obviously, they just gave him a good deal, so they're going to run him some. But I don't think they're going to want to run him a ton. I mean, obviously, there's – the, the fumbling issue, we saw that once again here in week one for Chris Carson, continues to be a problem. But, I mean, and don't, get, don't get me wrong. I'm not fading Chris Carson. He's still, you know, top 15 RB for me. But I think DJ Dallas is a guy who, in a couple weeks, people could be talking about. He could be a pickup heading in here in just a couple couple weeks. I'm not spending any fab on him, but he had two touchdowns last year. I haven't projected for a decent amount of points this year in my season projections. I was definitely way higher than a consensus on him. I'm going to continue to be right now. I like whoever the RB2 is in Seattle if he's not named Rashad Penny, and DJ Dallas is that guy right now. Yeah, I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. That offense is uh, – Pete Carroll, the man is like a wizard, and he always finds these – like DJ Dallas kind of came on last year, and he was a guy that I grabbed repeatedly because he had value towards the end of the season. And if we're already minus Rashad Penny, I love it. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Guys, I want to move into our final segment. We have about 10, 15 minutes left in the show. Um, I'm going to go into short things, sleepers of the week. This week, it's once again presented by Stevens Quality Barbering Services out of Kerwinsville, PA, baby. One of my hometowns, uh, State Street, Unit 3, guys. You know who he is. He's Noah Stevens. He's going to hook you up with a cut. It's going to hook you up for the whole week, man, the whole month. I go up there. I'll be honest. I don't go get a haircut as much as I want to because I drive about an hour for this haircut because that's how good it is, guys. So I'm going to try to get up there in the next week or two, have Noah shape me up a little bit. But, guys, if you need a haircut, if you're in the Jefferson County, Clearfield County, uh, Indiana County, Center County, Mifflin County, whatever county you guys are in, Central, Western, PA, guys, you want a quality cut, you want a quality conversation, our guy Noah Stevens is going to hook you up. Make sure you check him out. If you want to book an appointment, head over to his Facebook page or head over to stevensquality.genbook.com. You can book an appointment with him. Get in, guys, because he's the most popping barber in town, and it's definitely hard to book an appointment right now. Um, so, guys, let's go ahead and move into Sure Things Sleepers of the Week. It's the Sure Thing. Sleepers of the Week. All right, guys. So, short thing, Sleepers of the Week. Before we jump into it here, I, I, I did want to ask you guys. You're down at the beach in Mexico right now. If you're going to be on the beach tomorrow, day, evening, what's the drink of choice for the pool votes on the beach? You guys getting a little spicy with a little tequila? Or are you going to throw it back with a little of those Coronas? I know you guys have always told me how they're so cheap down there. Probably both. Depends. Yeah, I mean, either. Dur- during the day, I think that uh, the Coronas are going to suit us better. And then later into the evening, we'll switch on over to those marks. Uh, we also found some uh, Woodford Reserve for cheap oh. at the airport today. No way. Yeah. yeah, so we're going to be drinking a little bit of whiskey, too, now that Jen loves whiskey, and it makes my heart happy. Awesome. Can, can you guys get domestic beer at all? Like, you find any Bush Light, Bush Light apples down there at all? 
Not Bushlight. We can find Coors. We can find some Budweiser. But okay. it's mostly... Bud Light? Yeah. yeah Probably we can find... Bud Light. Okay. Interesting. But it's a lot, it's a lot of... Go. It's a lot of Corona, Modelo, okay. Cade, Bohemia, Estrella. Yeah. Gotcha. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, we do want to get into some short things, sleepers of the week here. Last week, Nate short thing is sleeper of the week. LaVisca Chenault, he won. He took home the title for us, 12.9 points. Um, while my short thing sleeper of the week, Javante Williams, 5.1 points. I apologize, guys. I thought we were going to see more out of the rookie. Instead, it was Melvin Gordon breaking a 70-yard TD. So, uh, <laughs> Nate, I'm coming back to you, man. You have the 1-0 lead for me early in the season. Who is your sure thing sleeper of the week heading into the next week? So, I mean, he's a sleeper to me, Jalen Waddle. Um, I was surprised and impressed at how much he was used in Miami this past weekend. Yes. Uh, it seems like he has good rapport with Tua, uh, obviously, Devontae Parker does as well. But I think Jalen Waddle's a guy that you can fire up with confidence next week. I mean, so I mean, they're playing Buffalo. But I think Buffalo's defense isn't amazing. And Tua can exploit some of the holes in their secondary. And Waddle's a guy who runs tight routes. He's got a lot of really – he's got good speed. Uh, he's really quick on his cuts. And I think that that makes him someone that you can fire up with confidence this week. And – be expecting some decent points. He put up 16 against New England, and their defense isn't great, but it's not horrible. I'd put them on the same level as Buffalo. Yeah. He's a, he's a guy you can throw into your flex and get 16 to 20 points next week and almost bank it. That's some confidence there. He's got one sure thing sleep for the week. He's banking 16, 20 points. Again, what say you, man? Who's your first sure thing sleeper of the week this year? So we already talked about him a little bit, and it's a, it's a homer pick, but KJ Hamler, I mean, he only had four fantasy points this week against the Giants. Um, he, uh, he dropped that touchdown pass that was so beautifully thrown to him. He it was a perfect it. throw. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Oh, oh it was awful. <laughs> um, that said, Judy is out with high ankle sprain like we talked about. Albert O is in the doghouse after fumbling goal line, although I do see really great things for Albert O as well. Um, and then Tim Patrick is set to have an expanded role, but Hamlin should snag some red zone work. I mean, he's only rostered in 1.9% of ESPN leagues, so go get him. Yeah. Would you rather have him or Tim Patrick? PPR. I'm going Hamler. Okay. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not hating on, on Patrick, but you know, I just I feel something inside of me. I get you. I get you. You're at the beach, Jen. I'm taking your word this week for the short thing sleeper of the week. Guys, I love both those picks. I'm going to round us out. I'm going to take us home with another receiver who I'm fond of. You guys know him. Cole Beasley, the, the, the great hope up there in Buffalo, once again, comes through. And, and there is so much shade always on Cole Beasley, man. Like, vaccination status aside, the dude is a baller. Like, dude goes out. He's continually ranked every season outside the top 55, sometimes drafted outside the top 60. I looked at ESPN's rankings today, and you know why I love I love our guys Matthew and Field up there. But wide receiver 55, I was like, wide receiver 55 for Cole Beasley this week against the Dolphins? Seems a little low. Last week we saw Jacoby Myers go out there. He produced, you know, 10-plus fantasy points. I think Cole Beasley, who you know had 14 points last week against a pretty tough Pittsburgh defense, is going to be targeted early and often from Josh Allen once again. I don't think Manny Sanders is really bringing down the ceiling like a lot of people thought. But guys, I, I'm excited for Cole Beasley. Miami only saw him once last season, too, if that means anything. He sat out week 17, so maybe he's eager to get down there and, and, and check him out. Well, and uh, it makes me sad for – all of my Gabe Davis love, but Cole Beasley, I mean, he's the dude. Gabe he's Davis that, is solid too. I, I, I think I was a little is, low on him. I think I was a little higher on him than most. And Beasley's gonna snipe some work from him. But I think you're I think it's a good call. Um all the vaccination stuff aside, Beasley's talented and he has been for years. Yep. And he's always been a guy people slept on. Hundred percent. Yeah. I I mean Guys, like, yes, the ceiling, it might be 20, 22 points. is not a huge ceiling. I'm not going to lie to you. 
I, I mean, we saw a couple big games from Cole Beasley closer to 30 points last season, but the floor is there. If you need a solid floor, if you're – Wide receiver three, if you need one of those, if you need a second flex, a first flex, Cole Beasley's there, guys. He's still out there in some leagues, too. So keep an eye out on Cole Beasley from Buffalo, guys. Well, you know how we feel about him here in between media. Jennifer, Nate, guys, this is the end of our show. Jen, any final thoughts from down below the border in Mexico? Uh, Life is awesome. It's easier to be happy than it is to be angry. I've had to learn a lot in my life the last few years. But look for the good things around you. Look for the positive people. Uh, like Rogers used to say, look for the helpers. Yeah. It's an easier way to live your life, I promise. It will release a lot of stress. I love that, man. Thank you. Yeah. I agree. I can't follow that up. Rude. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> guys, I just want to tell you thank you again for joining me tonight and everything you guys do for us, especially on your busy day of travel. Um, d- definitely a kind of a weird day for us up here. D- definitely just like a, a lot of bad luck here. Um, Katie was making brownies earlier, and she went to put a little bit of milk in them. And when she put the milk in, it, w- it wasn't even supposed to be past the expired date, but it was expired. So no brownies for us tonight. Um some other crazy things just going on today, but guys, I love what you said, man. Let's look for those helpers. Like Nate said, let's continue to enjoy life as much as we can. Let's continue to enjoy this fantasy football season. Guys, football is back. We're here every day in between media, dropping columns, dropping podcasts, YouTube series, whatever you guys need, fantasy football, life related, anything in between, we will be here. Feel free to DM us, whether you have any fantasy football questions, anything you're going on through, with life that you can, you know, use a little help with. We're always here for you guys. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. Until then, keep it in between. In between fantasy football podcast. So one thing that you know really sets us apart here is is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related.